0: Motor Talk. Hello, everybody. Morning, evening, afternoon, whichever it is where you are when you're listening now. Of course, it doesn't matter, as we've said before. We're here in the evening, which means, as always, we are relatively tired and... uh, for your enjoyment, ready to talk a, a load of nonsense unquestionably and some, some non-nonsense as well. So I'm here, I'm Mike, and this is Jim. Hello, welcome along. He says in a deep, booming voice. A big, deep, booming voice. Yeah, so we ended up going on a, a training thing we had to do an escape from challenge, um, which it turns out it's relatively easy if you just divide it by four people and then we did it in a quarter of the time. But the lady and, asked... Uh, actually, but what was also best was that we hid the clues in the
1: safe, so the clues yes that you needed to, op- to get the code to open the safe, was then in the safe, so the next group were screwed.
0: Yeah, we hid the things you had to find, which was... It's, it's not good enough say. that we have to win, everybody else must fail. The lady had said to, to Jim, ask him a question, and then just went, Oh, he said in a deep, booming voice. And you said... That's just my voice. And as we know, it, it is, because what we have to do, um, when Andrew's recording this, is he has to turn Jim down Um, and me upside because although I talk a lot I'm not quite as loud as as Jim is. Um, Jim's actually in another room presently. Um, We've got a glass (laughs) divider between us so I can wave at him. Can you hear me, Clem Fandango? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Um, Yeah, so there we go. Uh, I would like to to start the proceedings by saying this is sad news and we must mourn the departure and loss of Brad the Volvo. (laughs) No, that's the thing, Jim. From the hope is mean, that is. That is I, was, I, was to, I was trying to do the
1: last post. What's that one? That's the
0: one. That other, yeah. Um, Brad, Brad has gone. The building work is pretty much complete, and what's left to do, I can't really do because I now have a child, and it turns out the children uh, aren't very good at it when they're that small. Um, <laughs> I think when it gets a bit bigger, probably for a ten mm in the engine bay, upside down. Perfect. It. You do mean he, just I mean to he clarify. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I'm talking about children in general rather than just mine. Not that I would borrow other, other people's children to get into the engine bay of cars. That's just weird. So, anywho. Um, but then those would of be gainfully employed. Who knows? Right. So, Brad has gone um, and someone came and picked him up, took him away to go to Devon. Uh, I'm back on holiday, which is quite nice.
1: It's optimistic.
0: Well, yes, I went round and I pointed out all the various different flaws and the, the slightly terrifying knocking noise. I think I phrased it pretty much that way. Um, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, they got home. No question, you No, know, thank you very much, no problem. Next day, head gasket's gone. A bit, bit weird. It sits there idling to try Sp- very short up. notice,
1: bearing in mind everything we used it for, the head gasket was fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've... It's certainly better than the head gasket in the track car, anyway. <laughs> yes, anything is better than that. Um, but I'd, I'd done a couple of hours drive a couple of weekends ago, and it's, it's just been sat there really since, it's been started up, left to idle, got hot, everything else, um, and demanded their money back under the Consumer Rights Act. But this was a private sale? It was
1: a private sale. So the Consumer Rights Act tells him to go and whistle?
0: Um, yeah, but I'm a nice person, so I thought, well, we'll have a look and see what happens, and it, you know, it was worth £210 in scrap, and I sold it for a hearty £270, so I figured, I'll scrap it give them the 60 quid or whatever it might be. Next day, I said, well, just see the report from the garage absolutely fine so what was wrong with it? apparently it got too hot and overheated maybe the fan didn't cut in but that seems to have also gone away excellent bizarre (laughs) but unbelievably comfortable generally speaking relatively reliable apart from the alternator by putting one of those on weird anyway sad times Brad is gone and we're sad about it UK Motor Talk News Things that have happened, and because we always, we're always not going to talk about Formula E, but I do want to talk about an electric car, because actually there's one that came out that I sort of think is a sensible proposition, and this is the new Mini. I mean, there's a Courser E and a Peugeot something E, which are going to be the same car, let's face well, it, was, it. It was good timing,
1: because I got, I got two emails the other Well, I get about 100 emails a day, but two emails a couple of weeks ago jumped out. The first one was... Um, uh, a motor trade email stating that HMRC would tax uh, company car tax benefit and kind tax for any vehicle that could do over 130 miles on pure electric power alone. Uh, The driver would pay zero company car tax. This is good news. One minute later, precisely one minute later, I got an email from MINI announcing the new electric MINI with a range of 131 miles. I think the the timing was perfect. Yeah. So I suddenly looked at that and thought, that's actually quite a sensible proposition but they're not that expensive to um no pcp options lease purchase whatever you I want to think, call or it or yeah we're at 2275 down 275 a month something very similar money to the cooper s petrol bit
0: cheaper, in fact, version yeah
1: a little bit, bit cheaper so actually uh, what's the range and it 140
0: 130 140 I miles i think WLTP. on paper it's it's 144, but reality, we've 120. But to be honest, for people like me, we've got the, the S3, which is a daily car that, uh, that, that my wife takes the, the little one out in. And then I drive a little Mini to work and back, hmm. which is fine. So, you know, it's a supercharged Mini, which is £320. A, £320 a year to road tax <laughs> and £160 a year, £320 a year road tax. But I That's do, more than your insurance, isn't it? Yeah, £160 quid is choice. It's literally double. That's nuts. It's insane. But, um, yeah, so electric car, five miles to work, five miles home. Perfect. So, yeah, I could do that a lot.
1: Yeah, so you wouldn't need to charge it during the week. So the, no. the range anxiety of charging up, to be honest with that, you could charge it if you went to a, a shopping centre at a weekend that had yeah. a, an electric charging station. That would charge you in a couple of hours whilst you're doing your shopping. Job's a good one.
0: Yeah, for, for, I think 80% charge. 80% is something like 20 minutes or somewhere similar? Yeah, minutes. So even if you minutes, are anyway.
1: on a longer road trip, to have to stop for 20 minutes every, call it 130 miles, so that's what average UK motorway speeds, two and a bit hours of driving. Stopping for 20 minutes every couple of hours isn't that far of the mark, is it? So actually, yeah. that's okay, as long as you can find
0: a charging station that works, of course. Mm, I think realistically, you're be looking more like 40 minutes for a charge. Even so, I wouldn't use it for that kind of thing, because... I still don't think it's enough range for that, and people are going, eh, hey, that's not enough, well, fine. But then you've got to have a balance, haven't you? Your batteries are heavy, they're low down, so that's handy, but do you want to lose performance for having a bigger battery? Or, you know, I think that that's the best of both, isn't uh, it, Yeah, really? but what the, what the
1: electric car does do well is torque, which overcomes the issue of weight. So, on the subject of electric and power, uh, a lad, a lad that we work with, Glenn and I, we went electric go karting a couple of weeks ago. So yes. we went up to the uh, the track in Farnborough, a bit of a trek from where we were. Yeah. On lots of country roads and things. It was about an hour and a half away, but really worth it. Really, a, a very, very bizarre sensation from carrying a bit of success ballast these days. Normally used to pulling it away in a cart and it's and off it goes. It was very odd flooring an electric cart off the line and getting wheel spin.
0: Yes. Was very peculiar,
1: especially as two of the, the ends of the circuit, the um, both the far ends and the tight little twisty bits, were coated in sort of a mixture of oil, ice, and just added slickness. They were slippery as anything. So you had to be so careful with the throttle coming out of it, otherwise you would spin on power, which is quite, quite an unusual...
0: I like that idea very much because I, do, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with karting. I like going around in a kart, I find it far more fun to go around everywhere sideways, which is not particularly fast. Because if you put your power on and you put too much steering on, you lose all your speed. And then it takes approximately 75 days before it gets back up to speed again, uh, by which point you're in the next corner.
1: Yes, but an electric car overcomes yes. a few of those issues. So it was uh, it was normal... So normally Glenn and I were, were within... At our local Brighton tracks, so they call it, even though it was in Lansing, but Brighton sounds better. Uh, where Glenn and I are normally within half a tenth of each other it's it's normally nip and tuck I think that the last time we were there we were racing for 50 laps uh, and there was never more than 10 yards between us for the solid 50 laps on the electric carts when we had some clear air at the end in the last session he was about a second quicker than I was which was odd it was, it was kind of tricky to to get my head around it, but I think all the time was in two of the corners, which were great fun to slide around. And and you could power slide around the whole thing, uh, but very easy to overdrive. And if you overdrive the first little bit of it, the whole lap's gone. Uh, And it was quite a long lap, about 44, 45 second lap. So a reasonable amount of time before you got round to it again to have another go.
0: But then again, this is another thing, isn't it? Because I I don't actually know where they put the batteries on the carts, if they're underneath or on the back or what. Uh,
1: They were down low and they were at the, the side so where you, oh, if you're sat are. in the car yeah the little pods on the side yeah, where yeah. You'd, you'd rest your arms if you weren't driving the thing
0: yeah okay gotcha but in a car you have to have that weight down low and you have a couple of different options so on the Renaults for example they have a big flat battery which you can unbolt drop off and put a new one on mm-hmm. but a lot of cars now and the Mini is the same as this it has this, almost like a T-shaped battery that goes where transmission tunnel would be and under the back seats, so where the fuel tank would be so it's just the same right, as being a normal car. But if you put a massive one of those in, then all of a sudden it becomes heavy, you lose some of the nimbleness, all that kind of thing. So it's a trade-off. Do you want the acceleration and the handling like a normal Cooper S, because actually it's just about as quick, or do you want, cause, and in fact a different because i are calling it a Cooper SE, just not in the UK,
1: or... See, that's all because that reminds me of a BMW SE, which means special equipment, which means you don't get anything at all. Why do they do this? Why is it that SE cars are just rubbish? But are they using
0: special in the, in the derogatory sense? Maybe. I mean, you tend to find that they have piano wheel type caster jobbies <laughs> on them. So you have tyres with huge sidewall, which are probably quite comfortable, but look rubbish. And yeah, actually, you have a BMW 5 Series rolling yeah. on 15s. And I think BMW are probably the worst for this, because BMWs have to be on big hoops. Otherwise, they look <laughs> silly. They do. They just look silly. with with They look silly with tiny wheels. Yes. Um, and it was the uh, E90. That sort of era that really started that off—they just, just didn't look right. True. Yeah, and then you get you know rubbish um, sort of a fabric trim with no bolstering, all that kind of stuff in it. I don't know why does anyone buy an SE? Uh, company
1: car fleet, enterprise, rent a car, jobby, deal. Well, something that, like that. Uh,
0: well, no, because it's a bit odd. Some of the Actually, yes,
1: it, the, the only three series SE. I've ever been anywhere near was a renter car in Germany.
0: Yeah, but then that's a bit funny in itself because it depends on the rental company because some companies, enterprise, own all their cars pretty much. So they learnt a long time ago if you buy too many of the same thing, then it floods the market and makes them completely worthless because they're not really, they rent cars, but what they do is buy it really cheap at the beginning and then sell it for near enough what they bought it for at the end and have to do something with it in the middle so you might as well make some money out of it yeah brilliant yeah support. so if, if
1: it's the wrong one to buy it drops off I think no this, this was a 320 diesel SE some really weird options on it like a thousand pounds worth of LED lights and a heads up display and this was fit six, seven, eight years ago so not commonplace mm. options and a pan roof so it had about three grand's worth of options on it, on the most base-spec
0: level car, which was peculiar. One, one of the most hateful cars I've ever owned, which I bought purely because I thought I was going to scrap it on the scrappish team and end up not doing it, was a Renault Megane. You bought it with the intention of killing it. I did. It's I bought sadistic. it thinking this would be fun to drive into a wall. Um, it was a, a, a top, maybe Elegance or something, two litre, pan roof, leather seats, CD change, had every option on it. Full service history, one owner, £100, and it was rubbish.
1: But what you're saying is you bought a used Renault yes. with the intention of financial gain.
0: Yes. The, the, I might you, be the only done you, you invested done this.
1: in a used Renault yes. as a basis for future profit. Yes.
0: And unless you're buying a Renault Clear Williams or maybe a V6 or actually because they're so damn cheap at the minute, 172 or 182, I don't think there's much point in buying anything else.
1: No, definitely not. Not, not from an appreciation
0: point of view. Anyway. No, no. Yeah, from, yeah. And cars you appreciate. Uh, whilst I'm on the thought about 172, 182s and everything else, 192s, ones came after. Have you, did you, have you driven one of those? Yes. Do you find that they're only any good when you're putting your foot down? Yes. They're, just, they, they're not great round town, but when you put your foot down, they're phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I drove one on, on a, a, a bumpy B road. Hateful thing. Yes. Absolutely
0: awful. Drove one round a track. Brilliant. Phenomenal. Yes. lovely. And the cup chassis was a problem with these, because if you had the cup, um, it would A, rattle its tits off, but B, it used to go through bushes like nobody's business because it was so stiff, it just used to constantly just rattle itself to bits. So all you could do was put like Powerflex black or purple bushes in it, which stiffened yeah. it up even more well, and the, ruined it even further. Yeah, it's just, I think, although it was great round of track with a cup bit, if I was buying one of them for the road, I wouldn't want that. Or um, well, they did get some funky seats and things. They, they, they do make some pretty good quick cars. That are very good used buys by and large because they're not very expensive.
1: Yes, but like you said until they start to get rare. It's it's the age old thing. They they're readily available, they're cheap, they drop in value because yeah. residually they're poor. And yeah. then young boy racers buy them, spend yeah. a couple of years wrapping them all round trees or modifying the living hell out of them, so then yeah. there aren't any of them left.
0: My my cousin's company, funny enough, um, he basically deals almost exclusively in one seven twos and one He says know five at a time preps them for track and things and um, he's made loads of, of um, go faster bits if you're interested in this it's jmrs and i think he's well he's on instagram of piece but jmrs worth a look if you're into into that kind of thing but actually as a way to get a very reasonably priced track car on the go that's quite capable yeah they're a, they're a cheap way into it
1: in other electric car news this week as well is the MG ZS and MG obviously a brand you like because it's already personalized and got your initials on yes. it ready to go uh,
0: the ZS that that actually looks quite good I, I've had a play with the ZS and to be honest as you may or may not have got from the fact that we uh, we're never particularly kind about SUVs in my mind they all drive the same anyway pretty much pretty awful yeah, they're, all of them are just not as good as their car counterparts, and that's a fact. Um, you get a bit more space, which is fine if you want to stand your buggy up in it. Um, you can pretend you're driving a 4x4, four four, even though most of them are 2x4, and all the rest of it. But actually, one of those makes quite a lot of sense, because again, it is really cheap. Uh, well, yeah, for the first
1: 1,000 orders, yes, uh, there was a £3,500 saving on top of the £3,500 government grant. Yes, because you, you they give
0: you money if you buy an electric one.
1: So it meant that ignoring what it is etc, you ended up paying on the road uh, for a, a five C SUV with a big boot and a decent powertrain and a half sensible range, £21,500. Which sounds like a lot, but really isn't, is it? Well, it's not that much more than a middle of the road Fiesta. Yeah. Less than a Focus.
0: Yep, five-year warranty.
1: Much less than a Cougar.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty smart.
1: But they've uh, they've extended that. Not not sure how long for because they sold all thousand. Yep. In just fourteen days. That's mad.
0: That's not bad. that, that is absolutely mad. I wonder what they work out monthly. Probably not far off the same as a normal one, which is about three pound fifty a month. Well, of course.
1: <laughs> it all depends on uh, just having a look at the range on that. So it's a hundred and sixty-three mile range, that's WLTP range, that's reasonably realistic, so... So d-
0: WLTP is basically the real world, so what you can get out of it, so when you look at cars and think, well I'm sure they used to do more than 35 to the gallon about a year ago, um, no they didn't, because the drive cycle was they had to put it on a rolling road, had to accelerate up to 30 miles an hour twice and then brake, and that was about it, whereas no. now they actually have to drive them around, and these are, these are weird if you've seen one of these driving about, because they have like a massive trumpet stuck out the exhaust, and then all bits on the back that makes it look like if someone has cobbled a brass band against it. Oh, is that
1: what it is? Rather, yeah, you so say rather than putting it on a rolling road yeah. and because the car knows the bonnet's up and it's being tested, it behaves itself really, really right. well.
0: You're looking directly at me here, and this might be something to do with the fact that Audi may or may not have had several, some, See, do you think devices. It's, VW is all the same. It's, it's actually quite
1: understandable because it's a test. It always used to be an emissions test, didn't yeah. it? Now, when you and I were at school, we spent years and years and years covering a range of things that may or may not be on the test, but you had to learn it all and be prepared just in case. Yeah. Whereas if the teacher said to you, the five questions that are going to be on the test are... Yes. And then rattle out the five questions. And they were all multiple choice, and she told you the answers... Yes. ...that you had to get in order to get the test right... Yes, You would prepare yourself in such a way so that you knew the answers to those mm. five questions, wouldn't you? So, yes. in a way, I don't blame them, because if you know what the test is going to be and what the conditions are going to be, you d- you design the car to meet the tests, don't you? I, Simple
0: as that. I take issue with the fact that it's it's done on emissions anyway, because, frankly, the damage to the road and everything else, do we compensate the environment? We probably put a bit into research. In I know, but it's,
1: it's, it can't be anything to do with emissions, the damage to the road. No, of course it can't. Because... A- your car is three hundred and twenty pounds. Three hundred and twenty pounds. Yes. So your car does not emit much more than other cars that are older that pay hundred and eighty pounds.
0: Yes, ones that hundred and
1: sixty pounds pre the tax thingy two thousand one maybe. Pre-21. Although although it's it's not a, a mini in the strictest definition of the original mini. Nope. It's not exactly a heavyweight. You know how much tax a year did you pay in the Volvo?
0: Ooh, that was less, that was about 270. Still quite a lot, but that was a five-pot, two and a half litre. And the car itself weighed about 17 and a half tonnes. Yeah, I mean... So my, the, yeah, the Volvo was doing
1: house. far more damage to the road, Yep. your house, yep. the environment, yep. than the Mini... Yet you pay more in the mini.
0: It just doesn't make any sense at all because if I
1: and again it's not on emissions. On a Tesla, you pay zero road tax, but because it's over forty thousand pounds, it's an extra few hundred pounds a year for the first five years. So, so it's not emissions at all. And That's if a I'm
0: a taxi driving a one six diesel C Max, was that? Thirty quid probably. About that, yeah. I don't get
1: that. So why why not just put it on fuel? Because the more fuel uh, you consume, yep. That's either because your car is heavier and doing more damage to the road, so you and pay
0: more. More polluting, so if you or do want to more tax, polluting, yeah.
1: so you pay more, yeah. or you do more miles, so you pay more. Yes. But again, if you, you can have two Fiestas, yours and your next door neighbours, you do twenty thousand miles a year, they do two thousand miles a year, you both pay the same road tax. So what's the point?
0: And yeah, it's they exactly. They need to that. fix that. They really do. And
1: I'm sure that's I'm sure that's top of Boris's uh, list of things to do. He's got nothing else on his plate. What's well, well, more, you he?
0: couldn't ever have a car that's not taxed. Nope. Because everything would be taxed to use the road because they've got fuel in it. If you come into the country and you have to fill up with fuel, then you're paying tax on it. Yep. Yeah, we fixed the problem. We sold it. There we are. That's it. Done. Boris, you can thank us later. Yep. Easy. See, these are, just, these are just easy wins. People wouldn't be booing us if we walked out of 10 Downing Street or Scotland or Ireland or wherever it was you got booed. You'd probably be shouting, who are you?
1: So, moving on from electric cars to uh, track cars, the other end of the spectrum. Petrol-powered track cars, good old-fashioned cars.
0: Yes, good old-fashioned fun. And, as always, the fist has provided. This time we didn't drive it up. No, we didn't. We we It, it was remarkably professional, the
1: whole affair, wasn't it? Heading up yes. in a, a covered box trailer. Yep. Well, we, we try and say professional that until we... Well, Phil shredded a tyre on the way up there. He did. We won't ever forget this. Uh, no, that's, that's
0: going to be coming up a lot in the Just future. Just clipped to Central Reservation and, and that tyre, which was brilliant because we then had to unload the race car. Uh, the, the paddock is a bit of a hill at Brands, isn't it? And so is the same uh, behind the garages when you're in the pits. Mm. And if you're jacking up a trailer, you kind of need to leave it attached to the thing that it's, that it's being towed by.
1: Yes. And actually I think at one point when we were unloading the car, it was only the handbrake on the Fiesta that was holding the box trailer and the van at the top of the hill wasn't it, because as soon as you came off the back of the trailer it started rolling down the hill.
0: Yeah it wasn't great. Uh, there was a moment where I was sat there thinking, hmm, is, is this all stopping Is, is that? the car moving or is the trailer? Oh, no, no, the trailer and the van are moving. But Excellent. it's fine because there's a DB11 probably about two car widths ahead of that.
1: Oh, but to be fair, Phil did a wonderful job of reversing the trailer in next to the Lamborghini LP, whatever it was, performance. Yes. It only about half a million pounds worth. but yes. He did a very good job of reversing that trailer in.
0: And to be completely fair, he did a good job of reversing the trailer everywhere. It, it is... Hmm, maybe what half a cab off the size of an articulated lorry yeah it was huge this thing Um, and not particularly quick but we got there and when the with the the blown tire we had to chuck that in the back of the race car and then take the race car to the tire place but it it
1: was odd because our our thoughts on the run-up to it were well at least we can really give it some stick this time because if we blow it up it doesn't matter we've got a trailer to get us home in Yes. as it happens the Fiesta ended up rescuing the trailer yep. and allowing the trailer to get home so it, it, did, it did well didn't it, it?
0: An, and a nice little run through the back roads to the most brilliant garage that had all been painted to match its sort of falcon livery it had old signs from tube stations and bits of steam engines it was amazing Just really proper yeah really good we sat outside they had a little patio out the front um, three bottles of water and drinks and it, was, it was it goes to show if you're not bound by having a franchise dealership with a big name above the top you can actually do something that's quite special and you can yeah you can make something quite individual and quite nice i will remember this and i will um, make sure we put some photos up so you can see what it looks like because it really was quite special And i think if you're in that area you should go i think it's falcombe tires or something similar but you, you you can see the pictures anyway yeah but it was a mighty warm day. Wasn't oh my it? god! I'm, I don't think I've ever had such a sweaty helmet. It was.
1: <laughs> I think it was. Uh, what was 36? it thirty-six air yes. temp and nudging
0: fifty degrees track temperature, wasn't it? It yeah. was properly warm. That was thirty-six in the shade, of course. And yes. when you stood in the sun, I, I'm pretty certain my legs caught fire at one
1: point. I think so, but luckily the, the holes that you'd angle grinded in the bonnet and we'd tack the vents onto it and just that, that little bonnet lifter mm. kit, and only a very small amount of fluids leaked out of the car. They did, it was, was sweating. Quite it was sweating horsepower. It really well, it was. was. It was sweating steering fluid more than anything. But yeah,
0: but it wasn't dropping it, it was just literally round the round reservoir. It, it,
1: it did remarkably well, it, it impressed us yet again, that little thing.
0: What's yeah. even more incredible is, we got the tools out, because we put them in the car in the race trailer and we put them back in the trailer. Um, we didn't have to do anything at all. We set the tire pressures All of us went out there and gave it absolute hell. Yes, and it needed nothing
1: No, not a thing all day. That was it set oh, the no, tire pressures Oh no, no, we, we tweaked the bonnet because we wanted to move it down slightly
0: Yeah, no what, The one thing it did need was more fuel because we ran it out of fuel
1: Yes, which was quite good and actually get that shows how how impressive it was and how little cooling down it needed
0: Yes we, we were all out in it. And we really, we really did enjoy the time out there. But shout out to Motorbase Performance, yes, um, for, for lending us a gallon of race fuel. Yes, and what was it, fifteen pounds a gallon or something yes.
1: ridiculous? I mean, it did make it go better. It, yes. it did give it a nice little bit of pep. I must admit, but
0: I'm not sure it was fifteen pounds a gallon worth of pep. No. I'm quite happy with a five ring. Turns out it's quite efficient on this fuel as well, because I did some very quick uh, maths to try and work out how long we could stay out on track. Working on the average that we would be doing 13 to the gallon, the amount of fuel that we put in there and how much was registered and everything else, I reckon we could have seven hot laps. And we got back and it was still saying miles to empty zero, which had said one mile, two miles when we put the fuel in. Then we got back, switched it all off again, went to put it in the back of the, the race trailer. 28 mile range. Yeah, it popped up. So we, Disappointing. We, could have, we could have
1: done another couple of laps at least. But,
0: but would you want to run out of fuel halfway around Brands Hatch?
1: Definitely not. I mean, it's quite a short lap, so I'd say if you ran out... Uh, no, you'd be OK. If you ran out going through Paddock Hill Bend, you'd have enough to coast up to Druids and round Druids. Would you? And then back down the hill the other side. Yeah, yeah, you would. You'd have to carry all the momentum through Druids. Start like Ski Olympics you can just lean out the window and push yourself
0: along or something. No,
1: and th- then you'd roll back down the hill the other side and take the, the little escape road at the bottom of... Um,
0: or on the exit of Graham Hill. You reckon? yeah. I've to out of my i would be nice to try it. But hmm. someone told me whilst we were at Brands that that started off as a, a push bike circuit and then got turned into a car circuit after. And didn't it used to run the other way? I don't know. I'd like to drive it the other way just to see what it's like. That would be interesting. I think that it'd be, be really good. interesting going into Paddock Hill Bend because you'd have to go down a really long slope <laughs> up the other side and then go into a really hard left without, uh, without falling off.
1: Yeah, that'd be quite peculiar. But no, that, that would be quite good fun. But no, it was a good uh, a good evening. Ford only, were, it was quite busy at the start, lots of cars out to begin with, but it, mm. it soon quietened down a bit as everybody got spread out and just split up the runs 10 minutes at a time, 10 minutes on, 10 minutes off, and mm. a few cars blew up and ended up in the kitty litter and <laughs> things. So that was their day over. One, one oik in a Focus in particular. I was happy when his gearbox blew up.
0: Yes, uh, this... This, they're, they're relatively sensible rules for a track day, so you don't crash into each other. You can only overtake on the left, you can only overtake by invitation, and you don't overtake through the corners. It's really, really simple. If something comes up behind you, they usually flash a blue light to tell you move over, let them come through. Yeah, all, all quite sensible. That's it,
1: and you indicate, pull yeah. over, blend out the throttle. Yeah, or in the, the Fiesta's case, I'd be stuck up people's what's it's, yeah. and then they'd indicate, pull right back off the throttle and still pull away because the Fiesta really hasn't got a lot of straight line grunt. But
0: No, it, it makes up through, through the, the corners. Then they'd though. have to
1: back off. Then they'd have to brake yep. and then the Fiesta would get past them and it would be okay. But
0: but this black focus made a point of overtaking or trying to undertake or overtake through corners constantly when you're on the racing line. I actually went out with a race instructor which I'm, I thoroughly recommend. Uh, Renny I went out with was, was absolutely superb. Um, it's about 25 quid for 20 minutes. Um, but even if you know a circuit, or you think you know a circuit, if you think you know what you're doing, they will always suggest little bits that you can improve on. And I learnt a lot more about the the right positioning for brands and how to be a bit smoother and when I should be a bit hard on the brakes and all the rest of it. And of course, it's
1: tailored to the car you're in. Yeah. So if you watch one guide, a couple of things I'd seen lots of cars and things that you see racing there, Druids, lots of drivers tend to almost V the corner off there. Yeah. So they sort of break turn in or turn in and then break whilst aiming in a straight line for the apex and then turn again, exit and off they go. Whereas actually the line that he was saying to take in the Fiesta was turning really late, really far out wide to the point where you, you thought you were gonna go off the track. Yeah, absolutely. And then just turn for a very short amount of time but a bit tighter, Yeah. straighten up and it was it was a much better and a much easier exit. Yep. So although you lost a little bit, maybe on the apex of course you've got the long straight afterwards you've carried more speed for longer Yep. And, and overall I think that that it felt quicker uh obviously you're not allowed to time on a track day so we, we, we wouldn't get, do that we we guessed in you know, it we were counting one Mississippi two Mississippi and yes and I you got were a, 104 I got a, 4 one, Mississippis no uh, 100. 104.362 no. Mississippis no you were 64 Mississippis that was it, 64, 64.362 Mississippis or yes. something like that, which yes. was a little bit quicker than last time, so that's good, especially given the temperature. Well, the last and time the was fact I had you sat in the passenger seat as well. Yes. And you I, are ballast.
0: I was ballast. I was shifting myself around. But back to the black focus, constantly trying to, to get you on the corners, um, trying to interfere with your racing line each time and just being generally dangerous to the point the instructor said, always oh, stop doing that at the window, At him. Um, oh, yes, the,
1: the universal hand gesture.
0: yes Yes. or please stop doing that and Phil I think had to shut the door on him uh, once or twice as well But admittedly he probably isn't aware of the fact the car owes us 100 quid
1: well again that's that's why I started doing that because I thought well he'll end up worse off and a scuff on the side of our car really doesn't bother me so it's fine
0: well he ended up coming off and then something broke I don't know whether he came off and then going into the kitty litter then killed it or he killed it and as a result went off went off yeah but either not way, good. his
1: day ended sadly, and ours ended victoriously.
0: Yes, we're not keen on Sean and Freud. We don't want people to to be in pain, and we don't like to see cars ruined. But actually, if you are going to be a bit of a tit, it kind of serves you right. I like Karma. Karma is good. Karma is
1: good. So uh, what else was that? Obviously, there was that, that black focus. But no, the, the Fiesta did well against uh, lots of quicker competition. There were quite mm. a few uh, Mark One Focus sd 170s which again, just walked away from the the Fiesta in a straight line, but through the corners, it was much more even Stevens. I like managed to keep up with a Mark II RS, which I was quite chuffed with. Mm. Mark Three Focus, which had been breathed on quite a bit, kept
0: up with that, which I was quite happy. Not in a straight line, of course. but We could go on for some time here listing the cars that, uh, that we interfered with. I think the one that really surprised me, there was a turboed Fiesta, the previous shape to ours, and we're constantly on the bumper of that thing. Mm. That was good. What was
1: it? the the one that most surprised me was the little um, was it? India. India? Yes. The Mark one. So you'd you you know, check your mirrors on the coopers, right? There was nothing there. And then you'd you'd have just as you're turning into clearways, you'd have <laughs> the bloody hell is that? Where'd he come from? Where's he gone? And just lightning quick I would in Australia. Go say like that the, s- that thing looked hilarious I would go so far
0: as to say twice as fast as on the straights when it when yeah, it was going. That, that looked
1: hilarious yeah. fun
0: to drive. It did. I'd like to have gone in but there. But also he was driving Go it like, and like it owed him
1: 150 quid as well, which was quite nice to see.
0: Mm. It kind of looked like with all the random, I don't know if there were plastic body panels or whether it was halfway through a restoration or what. Impressive. That had a massive exhaust coming out the back. It presumably a silencer rather than WLTP. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lucky you don't need to worry about that on the track too much, do you? But no, it was great fun. So as always we say with these things, if, uh, if you haven't been along to a track day before, get involved. Even if you just buy yourself a cheap car, something that's half sensible and roadworthy, and obviously got decent tyres and brakes on it take the interior out
0: of it get stuck in see what happens yeah and you can't drive fast on the road really go out there and, and enjoy what it's like to truly drive fast and realise that you're not as good driver as you, you thought you <laughs> were because to be honest it, it's a different kettle of fish and, and using the whole track which you know, if you go to somewhere like Silverstone it's like driving on a motorway it's huge yes it really is and it, it takes a, a lot to get used to, to driving on something that wide and using the whole track and everything else so it's really really worth doing and and buy an instructor hire an instructor whichever one it is do that because absolutely no shame in doing it you will learn a lot
1: Well, they always say the the best investment you can put into your track car is an instructor because that will get you that will get you the most lap time
0: yeah of your and mind. seat time yes yeah. definitely go around more and take someone with you hot tips for hot laps
1: Let's uh, talk about another subject now. We'll try and keep it motoring-related, but watches. Because you've been looking around at buying yourself a nice watch this week, haven't you?
0: Well, and the, yeah. There does
1: seem to be that connection between cars and watches. I'm not not quite sure why it is. Maybe it's just they're, they're both mechanical, they're both intricate. Yeah. They, the ultimately, lift. they both serve a purpose. A car's purpose is to move you around from A to B. A watch's purpose is to tell the time, but just as people spend one two three four five million pounds on a car that moves them around from a to b people will spend ten pounds on a watch or people will spend
0: 270 quid on a Volvo. yes or
1: people will spend more on a watch than they will on a car you can you know a watch you can spend one or two million pounds on if you feel so inclined and you have the cash
0: but here's the thing with watches i mean you know i don't really know a huge amount about watches i'm going to say this now and, and this is more your thing but I've always quite liked that sort of the, the tag Heuer chronograph sort of style and everything else that goes with I just think they're, they're a nice looking thing and you see the tag name associated with motorsport I'm very much a fan of the Amologato watches as well, they seem to be very good value for what you get and look very pretty indeed for a few hundred quid you can get a very nice looking watch but I do think there must be some link between people that like cars and people that like watches and if you're a fan of both, tell us um, I don't know whether it's because there's always been that tie up whether it be with Formula One or whether it might be with you know, another sport, whether it's a case of their timing it using a tag system, a Rolex system, whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, there's the, the sponsorship and the, the use of it, but yeah, in general, the, there's, there's lots of people who like, what well, I like watches and I like cars. So yeah. there is some correlation there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking at a, a whatever i look looking at, it's, it's a Longjin Diver, no, Longjin... Heritage Diver. That. And I like the look of it. That's very smart indeed. But I want something that's going to last me forever until I sort of shuffle off the mortal coil so it's bound to get knocked and smacked about and all the rest of it Uh, and I think for that reason you then need to buy something quality Uh, the thing is you know luxury watches start at what about a grand I suppose really
1: yeah it depends on your your definition of luxury I think the the market's changed a little bit over the last couple of years in that actually you have uh, lots of people who even consider now Rolex to be mid-priced Luxury and things like uh, is it a Bell and Ross? Yes, Bell and Ross. Uh, Yeah, Bell and Ross or a Richard Mille watch. Yes, Uh, because there was a guy, a tourist, who had his watch nicked whilst he was on holiday, and it was worth two hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. That's awkward. He was just wearing it, strolling down to the beach in Portugal.
0: Why wouldn't you? See, I I want a watch I can wear all the time, because I quite like the the pattern you get from smashing stuff into things, and and when I eventually die at 108 years old, I want to be able to give it to someone else and it's still working, which means I probably don't want to buy a little cheap watch. But there's a bit of an inequity in terms of cars and watches in that, actually, you can spend £20,000 on a Ford Focus, you can spend £20,000 on a Peugeot something or other probably, but... The Peugeot will not be very good. The Ford will be all right. The Volkswagen Golf will be all right, and all the rest of it. In a, With a watch, if you're spending that sort of money, you always get something pretty good. And yeah. if you want something that's not as good, what, it's about spent, half the if price. If you spend
1: 20,000 pounds. Oh yeah, if it's 20,000 yeah, pounds, you get, you get a nice watch for that, for yeah. 20
0: grand. But the thing I think is quite interesting about watches, and I suppose it's moved in the same way that cars has, is that actually, Lots of the dealers watch dealers now. Assuming you don't want any kind of discount, you want to just buy the watch. Offer them with zero percent finance. Yes. Yeah. So why would you spend the money out? You can you could do that, and then you could like you buy a car. You could buy a new watch every three years and have yeah. it for your thirty pounds well, a month. That's, or £50 that's how I, month I bought it.
1: my first nice watch. My master was on interest free. A because watch I thought, on tick.
0: Yes, it was <laughs> on tick
1: literally because yeah. I thought, why not? It was I'd, I'd put a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty quid down or whatever it was, and it, it then cost me thirty something pounds a month.
0: It's nothing really. Which was it?
1: less than the cost of a phone. Yeah. And but that same watch now, so I paid a, a total of fifteen hundred pounds for it. And we were looking at some second hand ones earlier and they, they changed hands for seventeen, eighteen, nineteen hundred pounds. So because they don't make it anymore. Yeah. It it goes up in value. But a bit like a car weirdly enough, of course you have to get it serviced and maintained and Get the mm. seals checked and get the oil changed, etc. Otherwise, it it do doesn't work very
0: well. You get the wannabe ballers, which are the same sort of people that will go out and buy an E46 M3 for however much they are ten grand or something, and then decide they don't want to spend the thousand pound service bill on it. Yes. So get their mate to do it down at Fred in the shed, and then so it devalues pl- it. Yes, and yes. then gets upset when it goes wrong. Yes. I bet you get the same thing with a watch, don't you?
1: Yeah, because I think the uh, my. Other Amiga, my speedmaster, if I wanted to send that Amiga. off to Amiga to get it serviced, I think is in the region of four to five hundred pounds, something like that, yeah, that, that includes a you know a case and bracelet polish refinish i mean the the thing comes back looking like brand new, so if every time mm. you dropped your car off a service, it came back completely repainted reupholstered and looking brand new inside and out with zero miles on the clock Mm. well actually that's quite good value so maybe that's part of what helps them keep their value or they appreciate the fact that if it has just been serviced
0: it is in essence brand new there there is a a certain amount of snobbery about bits and pieces as well because you can have and i did uh, you know i only really looked into this recently you can have quartz which is basically a battery powered watch which is modern efficient doesn't lose time and doesn't stop working when you put it down for five minutes you can have one you have to wind up, which is kind of like a car with a crank handle, uh, and you've got an automatic one, which is one that when you move your like wrist around... Like my
1: Speedmaster, I need to wind that up in the morning.
0: Yeah, so when you, you, know, you shake your wrist about, up and down vigorously, or side to side vigorously, whatever, it, it basically... But possibly telling focus drivers that they're driving badly. Possibly. It charges it up, but it's kind of a bit like the the classic E-type is, is, a, um, is a good example of this. So you know that Jaguar got the chassis numbers for the, the E-types that went up in a fire and then they made a load of new ones which were like the old ones, but better. I think like Porsche did when the, uh, the boat sank and it had four or five yeah, yeah, exactly this. cars on it. They're and just then remaping. people that were into all the original ones went, oh, you we can't possibly have that at something like Revival because it's not, as, you know, it's not a proper one, it's not one. This is what happens with automatic and quartz watches. You can have two watches that are identical and someone will go, oh, it's not a proper one because it's not old-fashioned. They'd like to have the old-fashioned movement in it. And yes, it's pretty. Yes, it's a piece of engineering. And I get that. I really get that. But it's like the classic car and modern version of a classic car argument, isn't it?
1: Ah, oh, but it's a bit like the um, that electric thing that we saw at uh, Festival of Speed. There was the front and back end of a couple of muscle cars with Tesla running gear. So That's it looked, it looked... Phenomenal. Yes. Went like stink. Yes. And was really kind to the planet. Absolute um, at source anyway, ignoring where the electricity comes from.
0: Random aside here. Um, Jim has just poured himself what is basically a pint of neat squash. And is about to drink it. It's probably the reason why his voice always sounds like it does. <sighs> That's better. I admit, I I don't really understand watches enough to have the the, the snobbery behind it. Do I really care if people recognise that I've bought a watch which is of a certain quality or whatever? And go. Oh, it's not, probably not. If it speaks to me, I like the look of it, and I think it's going to last me for enough years that, that I survive. Then I'm quite happy with that. A watch, I think, is, is, a, is a reasonable investment. But again, you say buy something you like the look of. I think it's the same thing with cars. I've, I've, hmm. People have asked me before. I should go. And, I need to. I need to invest my money in something. I want something I'm going to enjoy. Okay let's have a look at some cars for you, and I bought a racing puma for somebody with their money, not mine, and uh, and a popular, little popular, prefit popular those two things So take it out, if you enjoy driving it, if it goes down in value you've not really lost because you've got something that's nice and you like to drive but if it does go up in value, and I think it really will, then you've had the enjoyment of being able to use the car and it then goes up in value and you can sell it at the end of it and make some money out of it uh, and that's what it did, it went up by a couple of grand and it was a, a reasonable for that sort of money back then. I think they were sort of six grand and it went for about eight. They're a bit more again now. But for in terms of return investment, that's that's pretty damn decent. If you've got somebody to be able to park it and if you're happy to pay insurance and road tax on something, then why not do it, enjoy it and then sell it? UK motor talk. I want to talk briefly about the new Defender. Try I would like, shall we? Okay. I would like to talk briefly about the new Defender there we are. because the thing is with that it's all been a big secret how it looks and it's supposed to just look like the old one which is good but... Also
1: the the Defender hasn't changed in design since 1940 whatever it was. Has well it, it, it sure? is
0: now because it looks a bit like the back end of the Defender and the front end of the previous shape Freelander or the last shape Freelander I mm-hmm. think with <clears throat> a little bit of the new one mixed in. Anyway I think it's going to be a good looking thing. Now Land Rover have tried to keep it really serious and really hidden and everything else but all of a sudden there's a picture of the Lego set of the new Defender that's appeared which suddenly (laughs) revealed how it was going to look but no, we didn't do this on purpose and then there's a little shot through the window that someone took at Goodwood or the the little screen, you know, the dash screen in the middle Mm. and it's got a picture of the car like the one when you open the doors and that was completely by accident as well that's incredibly good resolution do we think... The Land Rover are doing this on purpose because it's taken them approximately half a century to get this car out and they're trying to get excitement behind it.
1: Uh, I think so, and I think they, they probably need to build up a little bit because JLR haven't had the best three months financially, is have it they?
0: 350,
1: 357 million or Th- something? Uh, 300 and, £370 million. have somewhere that lost number yeah. in three
0: months. That's bad going that's in not, three months. It's not great, is it? No. It's worse than Aston Martin. Yes, Aston, my, my beloved Aston Martin, seventy nine million. That's a loss, isn't it? Was that year to date or? Oh, I don't even want to know. I, I looked at it and went, no, I'm not. But, going to it doesn't on really this matter, release. does it? To, to no. lose
1: eighty million, whether it's in one, three, or six months, that's bad. It's going to hurt, whichever isn't it? way you look at it.
0: And, and as we know, it, it's a car. My my infatuation and obsession with Aston Martin um, has peaked recently, and I've been looking at used Vantages. Now there are some advantages and disadvantages to buying Vantage at this point at the moment I think they're about as cheap as they're going to get which means you can get a reasonable one for about 30 grand and they're going to go up in price because they're very pretty designed by the same person who designed the Puma incidentally and you can Mm. tell by the little boot flick and stuff on it which I I like to look of but not the new Puma this is the original one but I I just love the proportions of the previous Vantage for me it's great but Having I mean, just had a baby, I have no real money, which is ironically that we started up talking about spending money on a watch. <laughs> and the other thing is, it only has two seats, which means I'd have to buy a DB9. Which again, you have for the same sort of money. This is a real
1: first world problem, isn't it? Or oh, you choose between your wife and your child.
0: Yeah. Children are quite small. They fit in the boot, wouldn't they, surely? Maybe even in the glove he box. Would. Yeah, I'm not sure he'd go quite... He's, he's quite a chunky monkey now. I don't think he'd fit in the glove box. On the wife's lap? Oh, there's, a sh- there's a parcel shelf behind. Well, go on there. Yeah, perfect. Or co-hook. Excellent. And in fact, if you had a co-hook, you probably wouldn't need to worry about a seat because they would just swing about. Pendulum stars, nothing to hit. Yes, it'd be away. Well, a What's A harm? between are. the two so, hooks. So,
1: some sound consumer advice. Yes, there. don't
0: do this to your child. No. Although I did see, uh, when I went to a car show some years ago, someone had got a... You can get child buckets, which are pretty cool. He hadn't gone that far. He'd got a car seat. like Child buckets. Child bucket seats. Oh, as it yeah. not an, an actual bucket to put your child in. No, no, no. Yes. Um, but you had a, a, a baby seat... Uh, clamped onto the roll cage at the back uh, at an angle. That's the way to do it. Yes, 45 degree angle. This poor kid was sat there with, with, with his neck crooked trying to see out or out out the windscreen. Uh, it was really amusing. I just thought this is that dedication to your car that you, you don't want to add rear seats back in to accommodate your own children. No, I could get on board with that. That's good. Yeah.
1: Nice and safe as well. And I think... If we're inside the roll cage you know, it doesn't matter really what accident happens the kid's going to be safe.
0: And I spent some time... A couple of weekends ago. You might with need them. a
1: hands device if they've got a four point harness though. Yeah. Just help their neck a bit.
0: I, I t- <laughs> yeah, why not? I spent some, some time a couple of weekends ago with a Vanquish S. I had the carbon ceramic brakes on there and it was a thing of beauty. And I realised that each one of the, the, if you took into account the wheel, the brakes and everything else, they were worth more than, certainly worth more than the Mini. The brakes were worth more than the Mini. Um, but certainly all the wheels and the brakes were worth more than, than the Audi. Um, and the car itself was two hundred and fifteen thousand with the options on that seemed like a lot of money that is a lot of
1: money uh, but then of course so going back to your thirty thousand thirty five thousand pound yes vantage yes what was that when it was new and what are the running
0: costs yeah so that would have been probably about eighty I suppose back then and there was an alternative to the Porsche rather than being a rival to it. Yeah people have those instead. Massively popular. The running what, cost. What's the
1: typical service cost?
0: Well, I rang up and said what could uh, what would it cost me for a, for a basic service and the answer is we could probably do it for about 700 quid for you sir. Like, Oh god that's expensive isn't it? Though more expensive
1: than getting a watch serviced.
0: Yes yeah well the watch that I looked at was about 150 quid to get serviced plus bits if required. seemed that it seemed all right.
1: Mm. But then it's odd, it, like I say, you need to spend that money to to maintain its value, whereas the, the general public take a different view when it comes to servicing and maintaining their own car. It's a,
0: yeah, almost borderline more of an inconvenience, is isn't it? It's th- things like fitting part worn tyres that really get me. Yeah, wh- I, why, why there's a market for that? For I, would, I think I, I only ever buy reasonable tyres because I think it, it doesn't matter what the car is, that's the bit that keeps you on the road. Yeah. So you want something that's going to stop you, steer you and everything else. And if you're enthusiastically you're driving, it's even more important. But if it came down to a choice of putting on a Never Grip Slip or a Ditch Finder 3000, <coughs> or putting on something mid-range that someone had just bodged back together and then put on the road, then I would always I would go for the budget over that. Because there's something about the integrity of a tyre when it's, when it's new. And yes, you can make repairs and everything else. But I once was trading a car in and I had to replace one of the tyres so it got really low on the inner edge. I thought, right, well, we'll do it. And I went to a place at the Part 1 tyres, against my better judgement, and they got out a, a good year. And someone's obviously thrown this thing away. It's got four tread. This, one, this one's good for you, mate. You know, It's going to be a bit more because it's a good year. But fine. They got another tyre basically melted it down to repair the inside of it. Mm. And I was thinking, no, you're right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll just put a whatever tyre on it. Because I can't... I, I, just, I couldn't...
1: Yeah, is a brand new budget is better than a Part 1 or a, a dubious yeah. history premium yeah, isn't it
0: The tyres get thrown away yes from time to time people change I, I will change a pair of tyres once and the Audi needs four new tyres and the rear ones otherwise it's diff gets upset and yeah, yeah. Oil everywhere, it, it seems it? a bit mad but apparently the Audi gets upset if you've got more than two mil of wear difference so I need to replace all four which means the ones on the back have got about four mil of tread on so for somebody they would be fine and yes Sounds you like get donut
1: that. time to me then
0: yes but at other times, you think, why have these tires been thrown away? There must be a reason why you can't carry on using it. And I can't believe it's because garages want to rip people off in every single case. No. In some cases maybe the case. I'd say probably less often than not. Hmm. But when it comes down to safety, and you, if you imagine you're driving along in your Renault Scenic or your, I don't know, whatever the other kind of cars that are like that, um, a C-Max, a Golf Plus, if they still exist, that kind of thing, with your kids in the back, Kids yeah. in the
1: car, Kids in might the be car. Filming.
0: might be fuming. but
1: is it worth it? But it's, I, Well that's probably down to the ignorance of the person buying the tyres because I sold many many years ago I sold a set of uh, track tyres that we'd had shaved yeah. or buffed so you know you put them on a lathe and take off, take the, edges off yeah. the, the first probably three to four mil of tread something like that you basically just put a blade on it and and shave them off the more tread that there is on the tyre yep. the more the tyre moves around so you get mm-hmm. that slight squidgy feeling but also it generates more heat you know the what generates the heat in the tyre is the tread moving around mm. so you cut that tread down it means the tyre is less likely to overheat so I'd pop these tyres on eBay advertised as brand new but shaves so are down to four mil of tread guy pick them up look at them he, he came to look at them. Was quite happy. Handed over the cash and off he went. Got home. Obviously got to wherever he had to have them fitted. And the the get the tire place said, "Well, there's only four mil of tread on these." And he sent me a put a PayPal claim in through eBay, kicking off, saying, "You know, I've I've got my kids in the car. I don't want to risk their life." But luckily, as I'd advertised them as track day tires, it's like, "Well, if if you're taking your kids on track days, that's entirely up to you." But that's what they were advertised for. So it's up to you. But I said, "You can bring them back. I'll I want some money for restocking them and you being a pain in the ass." It's entirely up to you. So I, I called it a stupidity tax. So yeah. he dropped them back and I gave him about 20 quid less than he gave me in the first place.
0: If you're listening to this, the chances are you're not going to be the kind of person that treats a car's utility and goes for the cheapest of everything on it. I've met people that... I've had engines bits and pieces blow up and they're just, it's absolutely ridiculous this has happened, but never bother checking oil and water. People that only ever open the bonnet when it goes to the garage, as in not they go to the garage with it, when it goes in for a service yeah, once a that's, year.
1: That's the only time the bonnet and, gets opened.
0: And frankly, and they wonder
1: why the bonnet catch fails, yes. because it never gets used.
0: Yeah, and, and frankly, if that happens to you, that's your shell, that's your own problem, and it serves you right, your engine goes bang, because you should keep an eye on it, even if it's every couple of weeks. And people that can play their tyres wear out quicker, or they have other... Yeah. You know, just check your tyre pressures. Because there's full PSI in them, that's why they run out quicker. Yeah, you know, your MPG will be better, your grip will be better and everything else. It's really simple, basic stuff that we seem to have forgotten these days. And I think it's a real shame, and I think it becomes really dangerous, especially when you can buy very cheap and not very good bits to whack on a car. Do I think you have to spend the manufacturer's price on everything all the time? Probably not, but there are lots of, of known brands um, that you can have at sensible prices, and if you don't know, then there are lots of places you can look it up now. The internet's made things very easy, and if you're listening to this, obviously you can use an internet, but let's face it, most people can. Some things are ridiculous. You might buy an exhaust system that's 900 quid from a, a main dealer, and you can buy a patent version for 300 quid. Is it going to be as good? No. Will it last a third of the time? Probably not. No, it will probably last longer than a third of the time, but yeah. as long as it lasts. Proportionately,
1: as long as it lasts, as long as it needs to, relative yeah. to the cost, then that's fine. But if, you sort it, if you're adding tyres
0: and brakes and bits and pieces, you want something half-decent. Quite right, too. Good news. There's going to be a new Peugeot Vauxhall Corsa, which will be presumably worse than the last one, which had been around for approximately half a century again. What I really want to know is, will they do any special editions?
1: Uh, yes, more than limited editions. Limited edition, the Griffin
0: edition. Do they do normal versions of the Corsa that isn't? A yes, and one?
1: they're actually rarer than the limited editions.
0: I should imagine they probably are. So
1: that's the one you want to
0: buy. We we'll look forward to seeing it. Initial uh, reports suggest that they look quite forward. decent to drive, but I um, guess you can tell from the tone of my voice I'm not particularly excited about it either way. Um, VXR might be worth a look, which is. An interesting car, nice seats. It was kind of like you'd put a too big engine into a too standard car, and it it just- Which is generally
1: always hilarious fun. If you've got more power than grip, that equals entertainment.
0: The whole thing just didn't gel together. It wasn't very cohesive. There were lots of other things you could buy that were better. Having said that, I do
1: like their latest advertising campaign. Which they've run ever since they got bought out by the French, which is British brand since 190 whatever it was. Do you know anything interesting? But they started that the minute they stopped being British.
0: If you go to Ireland, apparently their campaign says Opel, German brand since what? It... Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's the same car.
1: Because Opel, Opel is German. Yes. And the general perception is German cars are better. So why Ford don't make a bigger deal out of all of their cars technically being built through Cologne? Mm. I don't know. And you lots know. of them are built in Germany, so they should emphasise that more.
0: I wonder if people really care where their cars are being built.
1: Uh, do they know, or do they care, or... It doesn't really matter, does it, to be
0: honest? And no. someone bounds up to you and you're, you're standing there, we've been looking at cars and things before, and you so, ah oh, do you know that these things are made in Romania? Right? So. And what? Interestingly, uh, are, though, are
1: Romanian robots more or less efficient than German robots, or Spanish robots? I
0: don't know. Who knows? I do know, though, that if you buy an Audi, you can buy a Chinese Audi and you can buy, a, and I don't mean a knockoff. off I mean an actual Audi Audi, one, a Chinese version and a German version. And if you want the German version, you have to pay more for it. So it's, the, it's sold the, at a premium. Yeah. No, I can understand that. A few
1: tyre brands do that as well, don't they? There's, I think Continental are made in Germany, but wasn't there something a while ago with Good Years, sort of a batch being made in Germany and batches being made
0: in Hungary? Am I right? Mm, possibly. Who knows? People make things everywhere. talking nonsense, which would be rare on this podcast. Yes. All we know is that people won't be making very much in this country for much longer. Yeah. And moving on. <laughs> it just occurs to me that we went to Goodwood and we didn't talk about Goodwood. Has it been a, a bit
1: like Fight Club? Uh, no, obviously. Well, Phil and Graham went along to Goodwood, so I think their their coverage was... A little more in depth than ours mainly because they were there for a bit longer than we were we went along as posing as members of the general public didn't we, we did just as poses generally we did it was quite handy because you took all of your car keys along so we got into well between us we got into pretty much all the I owners club tell everybody had, it was it was fantastic we had a bit have you got your car key there sir? bear with bear with jangle, jangle jangle ten minutes later that one there we go but also you had the, the stunning dodge of your old fiesta which shares common parts with Jaguars or vice versa, so you put your Fiesta key into a
0: Jaguar key fob. I did. And that got us into the Jaguar
1: area. It did. Which was quite nice.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I think it was all lovely. What i have quite liked is the fact that we got a BMW M Donut. Yes, that was
1: rather nice, actually. I did like that. Whilst those lunatics were jumping around off the top of the building.
0: Yes, they had free runners that were doing a little demo and then people on bikes downstairs doing something as well. Insane. So I gave myself a hernia just watching it. Yeah, it looked most uncomfortable. They were also the same person, but copied and pasted. Did you notice? Yes, they were, yes. Yeah, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And if I didn't have something that was better to do with my time, I think I would also be massively hench and learn how to flagpole off of the side of a a trade stand at uh, Goodwood.
1: So, what you're saying, if I, if I maybe gave you two days off a week and told you to go and get Henge, you could do all of that. E- you? Easily. I might do that just for comedy value. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, two days off in addition to my existing weekend. No. This time round, we went on a Thursday, and I actually thought it's the best I've ever been to Goodwood. Yeah,
1: it was a great day to go because it was quiet, very quiet, especially really you know, quiet. first thing in the morning, we drove straight in, no traffic. Yeah. The The traffic management they've got fairly well licked even I given have the, now. Yeah. the narrow country roads etc they just turn the whole thing into a one-way system so yep. it's all routes in first thing in the morning all routes are out last thing at night and yep. it just seems to work really well yep. but no as, as the day got on it got busier and busier and busier but it you was know, lovely day out lovely weather
0: but you were never barging into people really craning to get into an area to have to look over the top of people you they had stuff going up and down the hill hmm. quite interesting stuff bombing up and down supercars and such um, supercar paddock was near the entrance, which was which was pretty good. I thought the whole format was, was very good. Hmm. It just it, Well, it just gets better and better every year, Goodwood, doesn't it? It's, it does. The Audi stand was a bit weird. There wasn't just an empty box with nothing in it. Yeah, that was peculiar. And a t- It had a table in it, totally.
1: No people, no cars, no nothing. So, no, I wasn't yeah. too impressed with that one.
0: There's some interesting stuff as well to take a look around. I, you like the Honda stand, which was basically the inside of a video game. Yes, it was all and retro, was 70s,
1: orange. 80s, but... And yep. then as you walked around the whole stand, everything just got newer and newer and newer. And no, just some really good brand enthusiasm and computer games and bits and pieces. But that's that's what the whole day is about, actually, rather than trying to sell somebody a car. Because they don't have the facility to sell a car. They can't take an order there. It's just more about the brand enthusiasm
0: and, and making people feel happy. I will it? say this for Honda. The EV concept, which we both loved in Geneva a couple of years ago, they've ruined it. Well, it's a little bit
1: watered down, isn't it? It's lost the, it's gypsy. lost the the rallye golf rallye spec arches. They're a bit more rounded off now. Yeah. The the front ends, like you say, a little bit
0: cuter. Yeah, it's lost the LCD screen on on the front and on the back. So it's got normal lights. It was just I looked at it and thought this was a cross between your golf rallye, um, Mark two, Mark one, Mark two golf. Um, the back end was a little bit Peugeot 205. It was 80s retro and all the better for it. Yes. And they've ruined it by making it cute. Yes, yeah, so all that crash tests
1: and Euro regulations and Don't bits care. and pieces. But Ruined. Either way, it has gone badly. But Honda did do rather well and had a double podium at the Grand Prix of the weekend, which was rather an exciting race. So congrats to them on that. I think the last time they did that was 1988 or 89. So... Fair play to them on that one. They're they're making very good progress in that manner.
0: And uh, I think actually, if you're not into Formula One, or even if you are into Formula One, probably the most exciting race that there's been for a long time, with the weather and crashes and other things that happened. What it did
1: prove is that actually a bit of rain spices it up, and if you go off, you get punished. Yes. Which is how it should be. Yes. If you okay, the how slick the that runoff area was maybe that was a bit too slick because you could have an accident at a pathetically low speed and they did yes many times but some drivers managed to get out of it yeah. not all dri- other drivers did because when you're <laughs> driving into a wall when you've hit the wall yep. don't keep driving into the wall yes. go go out the same way you came in go backwards rather than forwards
0: yeah and it, it made the Formula 1 cars look pretty fragile at times you see them dig in and well oh, there's a wheel bits in front just coming and of flying but off there's a the corner of your, your front
1: wing gone yeah the, don't go wide, you know, the, the, the track is the same for everyone. The rules are the same for everyone. So it, Don't it be greedy. Out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But no, that, so I think that's three phenomenal races we've had in a row. So mm-hmm. Bernie, Nutter though he was, his ideas for sprinklers at the side of the track, I think is quite a good one. But actually it does maybe say, Ow, oh, would a, a good way to be fixing all of these track limit issues that they keep talking about, just have a very thin strip of whatever the hell was on that runoff area, around the edge of each track, just a thin strip. So it's enough to
0: Kick punish you if you go off. Mm. If you
1: then go beyond it, yep. the gravel trap or the tarmac or the runoff or whatever is there to slow you down further if you are having a massive accident. Yep. But just that initial one wheel, two wheels over, you lose the grip. So that'll keep the drivers in check. Because they never have an argument about track limits at Monaco, do they?
0: <laughs> no, because well, if, you, if you get it wrong at Monaco and you're outside the track limits, you're probably in someone's house or yes. shop. Or in the harbour, or so, in the harbour. Any which yeah. way,
1: you're out of the race. Or a
0: tunnel wall. Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's not good. Yeah.
1: And just to finish off on the uh, on the Grand Prix, albeit through a few uh, disqualifications and bits and pieces, but rules is rules. Uh, congratulations to Robert Kubica because he scored a point. So that's good. That makes me happy that Robert and Williams have scored a point this year. Hooray. So they are not pointless. <laughs>
0: On a positive note, beginning of September, new regs come out, 69. This is actually the summer of 69. <laughs> so what I would like to know is if any of you can think of any fantastic 69 regs and whether we've, whether or not the DVLA would allow you to have them. Uh, well, they, they did slacken up the rules
1: a few years ago, didn't they? Because you weren't allowed some offensive words. And they, they have now
0: almost said, actually, yes, you can have some rude words and that's okay. A friend of mine has been rear-ended recently, and she's been given a Nissan joke as a Nissan Juke as a uh, as a courtesy <laughs> car, and the registration on that is something K O C K. Cock. It's cock, yes. And what's worse is her car's gone in for repair, and they said, "Well, we won't get bits till next month," so she's stuck driving the cock joke, cock Juke, all the way through until they've come back with her Skoda. But well, is it, yeah, you do, you do
1: get the odd rude word on number plays.
0: So if you've got any toilet humour, write to us at UK Motor Talk, PO Box something, and uh, I expect we'll probably get it eventually.
1: <laughs> so, what have we got coming up this week? I'm off to Belgium at some point, I think, dropping
0: a car back. You sound really enthusiastic about that. Mm. On a positive note, the weather's still good. It's still redonkously hot. So, if you're not racing and don't have a sweaty ham, it means you can go out in your classic car convertible, or whatever and actually enjoy that does mean you can't clean your car properly what just because it's too hot so hot or night time either way and even at night time it's so hot but let's face it i'm going to take summer any day over over winter and winter driving all the rest of it because unless you want to be out in the snow this is just a great time of year to be around isn't it summer is nice weather is. yeah car shows are on even if it's down your local village green or something there's just something on every weekend and if you like cars and obviously you do then just have a look around and see what's going on and, and just get involved. Some things you can take the kids to, some things are a drive out somewhere. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, unless you're in a place that doesn't permit cars, in which case, unlucky, then there's going to be something going on near you. Why not just go and enjoy? Quite right, too. Yeah. And on that note, I think it's time to end. I think so. Thank you very much it's for It's been nice time. chatting to you. See you next time. Good night. Good night. UK Motor Talk. A First Take Media production.